As usual, hustle and bustle of the orbital reaches its Thursday crescendo. This week's button-mashing master broadcaster is standing near the entrance to Studio 5 and tapping his foot. Every now and again, he glances at his watch. He pulls a rather crumpled schedule out of his pocket and his presenters file past him, ticks their names off the list. He doesn't place, place many ticks. On the big screen marks script on his desk, there's nothing. It's just blank. Well, nearly blank. It just says, in transit. He taps his foot some more and he glances at his watch again. But in the far distance, he spies someone running. Well, running as well as somebody in Magboots can run. Clumping. Stomping. As the individual dressed in official RPT livery, that's Red Planet Taxis, reaches him more than a little out of breath, he extends his hands and... A single, ring-bound, slightly anemic-looking sheaf of paper is handed to him, along with a data stick. He dives through the studio door, slamming it hard, crashing into his chair and poking the data stick into the side of the text screen. It takes three tries to get it the right way up. He flips a switch and says, in a rather hurriedly, into the mic, Our mics are live! Hmm, has anyone got a photocopier? The screen's on the blink. He only gave you one script? Yeah, and it's thick isn't a copy. It appears to be a folder marked What I Did on My Holidays. Hang on a minute, holidays? I thought he was working the cheeky sod. They are very nice pictures. Okay, hand it to me. I'll get it copied. It takes seconds. Ah, there's a hidden file. It says news. Hang on. Oh, I can see what. Right, good. Let's give this a go. Everyone ready? Hutton Heroes Hall Hefty Loads. Software hardens against incomers. It's innuendo overload as patch 14.01 lands. Don't look at the green thing. Look at the mugs. It's too hot, too messy. Methods to mitigate maelstrom madness. Atrus5060 sends a message from his secret bunker. BGS, it's all gone tits up, so let's get our minge cut. What is this? Who writes this rubbish? It may not come as a surprise to learn that stations, bases and settlements across the bubble have experienced some issues in the last week or so. It's been all, on all the Galnet feeds, everyone was talking about it in Fat Ernie's on Saturday and there's even a charity single out. Anti-Xeno combat pilots have piled in with guns blazing to cut the square through the horde of green meanies descending on every base. Well, they're sorted. They know what's required of them and have set about their task with gusto. Who isn't supposed to be there but reckons it'll count against his community service order? Let's hope that 
This Argoids are terrified of balloon animals and off-coloured jokes about people from Bedahoe. But what about the other commanders out there? What if they're not a steely-eyed missile person who punches Thargoids in the middle of their thorax and drinks 14 caustic goo shakes for breakfast every morning? What can you do if you're just, well, a bit ordinary? Well, quite a lot, actually. There are obvious options. Open a lovely wee coffee shop at Beagle Point. Or join the Thargoid cult and get fired out of an airlock at an approaching Thargoid with messages of devotion pinned to your spacesuit. Or go mining and hope no one finds you. They won't. Or carry on as normal and hope they go away. They won't. They're very angry. Go to Colonia and hope they don't find you. They will. Make friends with them. You can't. Look at what they did to the Kingfisher. But you can be a hero of a different kind. There are places out there which need to have injured people taken on rescue ships for treatment or refugees, people like yourself, who just want to get clear of the carnage. They also need supplies brought in to sustain those brave souls who have stayed behind and to help rebuild bases. They need food, water, clothing, medical supplies and, in one case, 2,612 tonnes of performance enhancers and 42 tonnes of onion head. I think that last lot just decided to go out with a bang. So there are missions going to stations and missions leaving stations too. Refugees will need economy passenger cabins, but medical evacuations are to evacuate passengers in escape pods so they can go into cargo racks. The missions are not without their dangers. Thargoids are usually attacking the place where you are trying to land and they're not fussy about who they shoot at. You'll have to land manually and a lot of services are offline. It's a challenging environment to say the least but very rewarding and the Pilots' Federation have said that these actions do contribute to the war efforts. Oh, and let's be careful out there. The Pilots' Federation released a few shipboard systems updates this week under the guise of hardening their software against Thargoid incursions. Now, Whilst the super scary space swirly stargoids weren't heading for your data drive, there were concerns that, having broken the faction influence systems a few weeks back, which needed a bit of a kick, some liberal lubrication of the lists and the magic rewind button on the Wayback Machine being set to redo, other parts of the galaxy were in danger of going fzzz. Amongst the unexplained behaviours out in the galaxy, there were rumours that the affected uh, the cockpit visual they affected the cockpit visualization systems, causing ships to crash if you glanced at side panels. Of course, that, that could be a consequence of taking your eyes off of where you're going. Crashes when being interdicted by a Thargoid vessel, once again, easily explainable as the pilot screams, drops their coffee all over the console and their lap, and causes things to go bang and depending on the temperature of the coffee, give a little scream and most importantly, adjusting exobiology so it isn't simply a case of sticking your Dysonator's business end towards one of the avocados going soft in the fridge. Pulling the trigger 
and gaining an instant elite rank. Whilst rotting avocados, the rancid loofah from your shower cubicle, um, we we do know what you've been scrubbing with it, and the toilet brush from cubicle three will still attract substantial payouts. The Pilots Federation have decided that allowing Vista Genomics to shortcut the ranking system by paying big cash prizes every day just isn't cricket. So they've added a zero to the end of the amount of big deposits for each tier. In retaliation for the Pilots uh, Pilot Federation's attempts to nerf their ability to screw up the ships of pilots that are attempting to stop them, the Thorgoids have been checking their own systems over and noticed that their patented super space slightly scary Stargoid scanner system wasn't picking up capital ship docks. Well, now it does. So there goes that hope of us surviving everything. There are rumors that Thargoid engineers are working on new systems that target megaships based on data acquired during the Genosis incident. And instead, and indeed, also attack fleet carriers. But an, an intercepted transmission indicates that there are so many of the ruddy things everywhere, we can't be bothered. Too hot, too messy has passed four months and taken us into week 17. Total deliveries are sitting at just over 40,000. Tharg the Mighty's little trip to the bubble has certainly had an effect. It can be hard trying to get a settlement to take a hut and mug and some gin off your hands when everything's on fire and Jeff the Tech has been bundled into an escape pod and chipped off. World. <laughs> there are still just over a thousand units each of mugs and gin delivered last week, though some hardy souls still managed to get through. Remember, every mug counts and you may just win a real mug by taking part. Three new commanders have joined the fray, taking the total to 240 pilots spread across 79 squadrons, and of course, more are always welcome. Naturally, Hutton are blazing away at the head of the squadron leaderboard, delivering a collective of just a smidge under 17,000 deliveries. The Winged Hussars are in second with over 2,000 muggings, and the Paladins are holding third with over 1,400. Black Guy Chicks is still out in front with 3,501 mugs and gin delivered. Some say that he won't be on this week and that he, if you want to close the gap, now is the time. Currently, Waller81 is in second, but with just 10 deliveries separating them from NEMB, that could change at any moment. Infinite Dreamer and Mouse8287 round out the top five commanders. There are no new commanders joining the hollow drunks of Thousand Club this week, but Val Silvana is very close on 889 deliveries. How do we know all this? Because it is tracked by the marvel that is Hutton Helper and updated live on the Hot Too Hot Too Messy event page at hot.forthemug.com forward slash hot underscore mess underscore two. Apart from the glory alone, there is an additional incentive in the form of a chance to win a real-world, handle the right way up, velcro-free, much-preventing hot and mug. 
that you can fill with tea, gin or whatever you like as you happily take a Hutton mug to where no Hutton mug has gone before. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in a week will be entered into that week's draw to win a, win a real Hutton mug. Unless you already have one of course, in which case you'll have already been immunised against mods. 16 commanders have accomplished this so far. You can see a little golden book next to the names in the top commander's table. And keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. How do I join in the fun, I hear you ask? First, you need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com download, where your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antares' genetically altered Genius Hamsters. He tried using white mice, but they kept trying to take over the world. <laughs> In attempts to discover what's at the heart of the maelstrom, commanders have been brainstorming methods by which they might A. Survive the caustic attacks B. Stop Tharg's flatulent friends from exploding them into itty-bitty green goo-covered bits and, of course, and most importantly, avoid the shutdown wave. Commanders have tried hull-tanking their way through building bigger and heavier builds in the hope that they can survive just long enough to grab a selfie with whatever is at the heart of the maelstrom. Well, that didn't work. Trying it 20 times in a row just in case the first 19 times were a fluke also didn't work. Then there are those who tried cunning, silent running, cooked in your own ship, cold builds, found floating in space as a human popsicle, Guardian tech, guaranteed to get you eaten by an angry Thargoid or simply corroded into small bits before you get there. Firing the shutdown neutralizer at one second, two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, five seconds. You get the idea, has no effect. Getting people together in a group and all firing your shutdown neutralizer at the same time. Uh, more ships to rescue. Carrying colourful Guardian or Thargoid relic combinations in the hopes that one of the combos works. Well, Thargoids like the colourful sweeties and eat them. Oh, pretending to be a Thargoid by making gargling noises and flatulating a lot. Well, Thargoids don't like stranger danger. They call the Thargoid cops and then it all goes a bit pew 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 boom. Hiding in a swarm of little fuckers. Well, I'll see above. Flying something small and insignificant like an adder or a sidewinder posing no threat whatsoever. Well, Tharg likes squishing little human beans in tin cans. And, and many, many other methods. To date, nothing has garnered any traction with the mission to the heart of the maelstrom. So... Do our hopes lie in science? Well, are we getting new CGs to help Palin or, or Ramtau or, or whatever salvation has been replaced with, you know, come up with a piece of funky handwavium to get us to the core? What's more, what will we find when we get there? Is it a giant Thargoid? Is it a, a Death Star 
esque death machine with added death? Or a giant Thargoid parking lot complete with McHuman burgers and, a, and an ammonia McSloppy? Sure as leathery eggs are leathery eggs, someone's going to get something icky attached to their face and then there will be stomach ache, screaming, running, and of course some um, death. I mean, death is an optional, occupational hazard when it comes to Thargoids. Our advice, scan everything. I mean, lots, like so much. Then GTFO, then go back and scan more. We will eventually discover the key, but the best piece of Hutton advice is um, maybe, maybe try it as a team. As many of you as you can muster all at once. If nothing else, when the rescue ships arrive, you'll, you'll be in good company. Good evening, trackers! Anxious 5060 here, reporting from the front lines of the Thargoid War. Apologies for the long absence, but I was busy conducting my own research into the effects of Alpha Centauri Mega Jin Mixed with Lanyan Bandy and how it affects the human mind. The results were inconclusive. The Thargoids are back in full force with the appearance of now five maelstroms across multiple systems, devastating civilization as we know it. A total of 61 systems have been lost. 26 uh, uh, systems invaded and 8 are on high alert! There is even a new Thargoid interceptor that has appeared called an Orthos that is acting as a scout in a nearby systems to the maelstrom for the next stage of the invasion. Axcom is needed once more to join the elite pilots of the AXI and its allies to thwart the Thargoids and save human lives. Pilots are needed to engage the Thargoids on multiple fronts, so check your gal map to find out the closest theatre of war to you. A reminder that any sister with a maelstrom present, or if you get caught in the disruption field of an Orthus, will damage your Guardian modules. So be sure to equip the latest AX weapons to engage the enemy. For those looking to help outside of combat, pilots willing to do supply missions to rescue ships and help with station evacuations are needed desperately to get the innocent out of danger. The fate of mankind has fallen once again into the hands of independent commanders and the trackers are humanity's greatest line of defense. Get out there and give them hell, trackers, for the back! Remember. Oh, well, that all went horribly wrong. Oh, dear. How Seamless. can I follow that? <laughs> Seamless. I don't know what to tell you. The whole, it's all on fire. Everything's on fire. Well, the good bits are on fire anyway. The bad bits wouldn't catch fire if you stood in front of them with a flamethrower for a fortnight and 
Trust me, we have tried. I'm only standing in this week, so I've really got no idea who did what to whom, why they did it, or if I'll even leave a mark. So what I can do is go through where everything is sitting currently and leave the recriminations and the screaming and shouting to somebody more qualified. Um, well, Wolf 629, uh, where we are in election with Soul Workers Party and Acadia, uh, where we're not involved in anything, are down. Uh, they're at the bottom of the barrel this week. Are they Hutton Systems? I didn't even know we were in those systems, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Midge Cut, he said very carefully. Uh, Loud 26, LHS 3531 and LHS 450 are all a bit... Mm, you could do something there if you want to, but don't expect any thanks for it. Also, if you touch LHS 340, Commander Drew Peacock is going to come around and smack you across the legs. So leave that one alone. Epsilon Indy and Ross 671 could do with a nudge just to get them up over 40%. And most of our other systems are in the comfort zone between 40 and 60%. But there are a few high flyers who need their wings clipped just to avoid expansion. These are LP532-81, that's where the cut price shipyard is, and the other one is Y08550714. There is one other system, but we're not too worried about that one. So try to be careful. If Chicks comes back to an expansion, I'm going to have a lot of explaining to do. So, if you really want to truck it, go to Midge Cut and run missions for Hutton, because we really want that one, because it gives a certain author the giggles. Uh, if you want to shoot, then uh, get your AX weapons out and shoot some Thargoids, because they are everywhere. Seamless. Seamless. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got away with it. We almost got there. We almost. almost managed it, but you know, so. I've got two well, bong buttons. You see, one goes bong and gives an announcement, and one goes bong and gives us one of these. Yeah. Oh, tonight's news. Mm. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So. Thanks. So. Have, have we had a frontier live stream this week? It, where's chicks? Yeah, yeah. That that answers that. Then they wouldn't have done it when he's not here. That's true. Where is Chicks? Yeah, that's true. He's, oh. he's in the he's he's in the wilds of Ayrshire, I believe. Oh. Ayrshire, where's that? Ayrshire, it's um, Scotland. <laughs> it's in, it's in, it's in Scony Butland. Yes, um, yeah, it's in the country. It's also also it's where where are the best banjo players come from? Because I've got six fingers each. <laughs> uh. I need to stop now. I need to stop. Can we move on? Oh, well, it should be right at home. <laughs> So yes. no frontier live stream. What else do we have? Um, oh, LCU's uh, special effect video. Oh, what did he do? Yeah. Oh, they've released a the, uh, charity single, haven't they? Oh, wow. Singing oh, oh wait video. a minute, is this no? I was, no, in, this... I was involved in that. Yeah, is it the same one I'm thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Are we allowed to play it? I, I thought we were going to play it at some point. Are we going yeah. to play it at some point? We, we have got it. Is it? Should we play it a little in a in a, in a little while? Um, yeah. Okay. We'll play it later on then because it's okay. <laughs> we're off script. Already. All right. Well, we've got a couple of versions, so we can uh, we can come yeah, back to that we later. Can stick, we can stick the link in anyway for people. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to play it. So space yeah, we're going to play it later. Is, is there any space stuff? Oh, there's always space stuff. I like yeah. space stuff. Yeah, there's loads of space stuff. 
Uh, the world's biggest telescope. Oh. Yeah. The like, SKA. Like, how, how big is it? Oh, it's it's so big. It's a bit. Can you see oh. Uranus? <laughs> you can see everybody. No, um, <laughs> you can see all the planets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's um, yeah, it looks, it's like one of those arrays of things. It's not just a, you know, it's not just one dish or a, a big an actual telescope. It's like one of those radio telescopes with lots of dishes in a big field. Um, so yeah, it looks it looks. Uh, the square kilometre array, that's why they're calling it SCAR. Ah. So, yeah. Um, and would you believe it's not even in one place? Some of it's in South Africa. And what does some of it stand for? It hasn't got an R in it. SCAR, S-K-A. Oh, S- oh, right, so I thought you said SCAR. S- no, SCAR. SCAR. SCAR with, no, with no R. With no R. SCAR. SCAR with no R's. <laughs> That's why we're back to Uranus. But part of it's in South Africa and part of it is in Australia. I like Uranus. I think it's very pretty. It is. Thank you. <laughs> we, we do what we can. <laughs> it's I quite Neptune myself. <laughs> oh, it's all going wrong. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, what, what was the, right? Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, oh, I don't know. So they're building a gigantic radio telescope over two continents. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be gigantic. Um, and the person in charge is Professor Phil Diamond, who we think might be related to um, Neil Diamond. Um, that might have made that last part the up. Singer. Yeah, I made that last part up. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, it's going to it's going to look for yeah. It's just going to look for big, big clouds of hydrogen and things like that, and all sorts of interesting stuff, I'm sure. So mm. that's the uh, that's the SCAR, the giant telescope. I suppose there's a pseudo cool. sci-fi link, isn't there, with Heart of Gold by Neil Diamond? Also a special. Okay. <laughs> very tenuous. <laughs> I remember, very tenuous I remember Heart of Gold was an episode <laughs> of. Uh, um, that was an episode of Serenity, wasn't it? Firefly, sorry. What don't Sorry, what was? Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold? Yeah, it was the name of an episode of Firefly. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Anyway! Isn't the ship in Hitchhiker's Guard the Galaxy called Heart of Gold or something? I think it is, yeah. That's the tenuous sci-fi link. That's the one that he got. I got a different tenuous sci-fi link. Mine was Uh. more tenuous, but his was better. (laughs) (laughs) But equally valid. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the International Space Station. Mm. New new solar panels for the International Space Station. Swanky. Yeah, well, it's it's a hell of a long way to go if you need to get power cards, you know. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. Do you think and then if you get there, in, if you get there on a Sunday and the shop shut, you've had it. You know. <laughs> Got no chance. Yeah, Do you think it normally takes seven hours to install solar panels? I don't know who they've got installing installing their solar panels, but if it's only taking them seven hours... Seven hours, regardless of the size of solar panels or how many there is, it will always take seven seven hours. It took them seven hours, and I I saw and uh, some people up the road got some. It took longer than that, so I think that's pretty good going. Yeah, it's good going for for doing it outside in a vacuum in a space suit. Not not just a rainy day, you know? Yeah. And a little bit chilly. Yeah, a little bit chilly, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and a bit burny when the sun comes up and things like that. So, because <laughs> I think you get like, some like, six sunrises and six sunsets in a 24 hour period. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's still not like Mitterrand Hollow, though, is it? Uh, no, it's not quite as fast as Meteorand Hollow. That's, <laughs> that's a bit special. A bit special. And Sunday, everybody get ready because guess what? Artemis One's coming back. Woohoo! Yeah. From the moon. From the moon. It's exciting. Yeah. It is proper exciting, it is. isn't it? Yeah, it's How proper exciting. How long did it take? It's, it's been gone for about a month, hasn't it? It doesn't take that long to get to the moon and back. It doesn't. It was doing stuff when I mean, it was it out there. It can't be that good a, a, a thing if it takes that long. It depends no. which moon. Oh, yeah, which, moon? Which, which moon? It was our moon. The moon. See, when, when you said the moon, I presumed our yeah. moon. Uh, it's, it's, the, it's the moon moon. The moon moon. Yeah, the moon moon. Yeah, no, it started heading back on the first. Yeah. Um, so it, what, why is it taking so long? Because they had it out there, they were running lots of tests while it was orbiting the moon. They were doing lots oh, of things with it. Excuse, any it's, excuse. It's a, it's a kind of tester before they send real humans up. Yeah. So, Artemis 2 will have real humans who will go up and go around and do things and come back. And Artemis 3 will have real humans who will go up, land on the moon, do things, get back on board, and then come back. That quickly? Wow. Yeah, that's, well. That's... Possible not just as quick as that. I don't think it'll be a wee as long as this one. Mm, no, I mean in terms of it's only on the third, you know, the third, the third go. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Confidence. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. They seem to be. If everything goes well with the with this one and with the next one, they'll be putting people up. You know, oh, so. I've just I've just realised I'm getting Twitch drops. <gasps> oh, Twitch drops. Are we? Oh, yes, Twitch drops must Twitch be working. Drop. Nobody said anything about them. Nobody's I? mentioned the Twitch drops. I have. Um, I've been. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Right. Ooh. Listen to what Flossie says. Flossie says we've got Twitch drops. <laughs> I have um, two. I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I better go on the Twitch channel because I've not jumped onto your Twitch channel yet. Yeah, then. Are you missing out on those drops? I think I might have those drops for last week, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen to that. There's, one, <laughs> there's oh, one you can only get by listening to this show. Oh. Really? Which one? T9. I've already got ah, mine. Just, just arrived. <laughs> Would be it's the bloody T9. It's a good thing you tune in every week, isn't it? I know. It's a real good thing I watch this show and tune in every week. <laughs> you know, otherwise I'd, just, I'd never have a chance at that sweet, sweet day. Yes. So, um, Virgin's Launcher 1 are still waiting for the license. <gasps> I love this. I only read about yeah. this the other day. But how fantastic that we're going to put things in space from Nuki. Yes, I just think that's awesome. I think mean, that's we awesome. We have to have a license. Oh yeah, yeah, they need to have a license. Yeah, you can't just go up and launch a rocket off the underside of an airplane without a license. <laughs> I mean, where do we oh, get a I... license from? The CAA. Um, the CAA, yeah. What America? No, the CAA, not the FAA. Is it you got the you've Civil got... Aviation Authority? And who are they? Uh, they're the people that are in charge of flying things. Anything that flies has to be set so up by them. Are they? Where are they based? Oh, you see, now you're asking all the difficult questions. But they yeah. are. It is, I think they're the UK one, aren't they? They're the, the CIA. UK one. Is, yeah, I'm no, pretty the sure CIA, they're the UK. The CIA. Yeah, the CIA. It's is not the CIA. There. Don't say CIA because people start CIA? listening. <laughs> the CIA. Yeah. I think it's my. See, that's, that's what I. That's what I thought yeah. you said. CIA. Oh, no, okay. CIA. 
No, if CIA. You, if you mention the CIA, the FBI start listening to you. So exactly. it's the car. No, that, the car. The car. Yes. The car. <laughs> the car. Sing it, sing it. The yeah. car. The car. And they they're do it like, again. Yeah, they they're in charge of kind of things like airports and all that kind of stuff as well, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. It, but yeah, if we're, if we're launching rockets in the UK, then then you know they want to uh, yeah. have some kind of they, uh, control yeah, over that. Can, and, the air traffic controllers like to know about it. Yeah, that's it. Because it's, I mean, it's essentially it's a range, isn't it? You're, you're basically launching a missile down yeah. the range. Um, yeah, that's so. it. You've you've equipped a jumbo jet with a missile under the wing. You know, ah, well, yeah, <laughs> Any, anybody it. seen that coming towards them unexpectedly might have a wee, a wee moment. Exactly. You know? I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's essentially a very large guided missile uh, without a warhead. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's got to be, um, that's got to work. But that's, that's quite exciting, isn't it? You know, launching satellites yeah, from, from Newquay. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cornwall. Didn't yeah. we already have a space program, but we abandoned it or something? Yeah, there was, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, saw, I saw one of the rockets from it when it was at the National Museum of Scotland. I mean, why do I get this just impression of it being done out of some bloke's shed in Preston or something like that? You know, the, yeah, that, yeah, probably, it probably was something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it will be like the real life Wallace and Gromit. Well, I mean, from if they're Preston. launching, if they're launching satellites from Newquay, why can they not launch rockets from Barnsley? You know, know. Uh, Barnsley <laughs> launch pad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Hello, we've got one. This is Barnsley Control. <laughs> I'm in space, yeah? <laughs> I am that. <laughs> Come back then, the tea's getting cold. <laughs> right, before somebody complains about my, uh, about my uh, accent, there's, there's one more space story. Have you seen... Have a look at the picture in this one. It's a picture of... It's, it was just a picture that caught me. It's the, the head of Space Force. Space Force. Space oh, yeah, Force. Space Force. Space Force. Space Force. Sounds Force. like an American thing. Space oh, Force. Oh, well, that, that explains yeah. everything. But Space there's Force. a guy there with a uniform and everything. But it looks like he's from his dad's uniform. It what? <laughs> it looks like they've um, confused Steve Carell with uh, Steve Austin or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, he's, but look at his... All these stars across his shoulders, and it's one of these ones that's a Disney button up the middle, it crosses over, and then you know what I mean? Like the kind of tunicky style ones, and yeah, General this. B. Chance Saltzman. Yeah, he looks like he's holding an invisible balloon or reading an he invisible, is holding an invisible balloon, but not with his hand. <laughs> yeah, you can tell he wrote the script tonight, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the uniform and I'm going to, mate, get one that fits you. You're the head of Space Force. You know? But I like how it's got all the offset buttons skinned down Space at an angle. Force. And what is that stupid name? They protect America oh. from threats from space. I think it's kind of, I don't know, at least someone's taking interest in it because, you know. It sounds you... like, it, it sounds like something off of South Park. <laughs> it, yeah. It, it, it very much like something off a South Park. Well, I mean, they obviously Donald Trump did went, we need we need a force to protect us in space. I'm mm. space force, and they went, oh, all right. <laughs> well, you remember in the eighties, yeah. Reagan Star Wars program. You know, I don't know where you got yeah, the I idea for that Star name. Star Wars program. Yeah. Oh, someone's uh, gonna have some lawyers on their back. Yeah. <laughs> but there you go. 
No, it, it wasn't called Star Wars, though. It, it got called Star Wars. Oh, was it? That was all. It was sort of nickname. Yeah, that was its nickname, though. Was it the Stra- uh, Strategic Defence Initiative? Is it something like that? That was the one, the SDI. Which, the it? SDI. <laughs> yeah, not STI, it's DI. Yeah. It's just, just... Is, I feel so sorry for that guy in the picture, you know, the, the Chief of Space Force. Yeah, Space Force. <laughs> How many people Space are Force. just going to point at him and laugh when they hear that? Yeah. Who are you? I'm the Chief of Space Force. Yeah. Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even own a fucking rocket. What a disaster. <laughs> yeah, he has to rely on the Cornish for that. Name. Yeah. So there we go. So, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Space News. Um, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I think now that we've uh, we've exhausted that, maybe we should hand over to Flossie. That's always a good idea. Yes. Uh, what? 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 You've been watching telly again? Uh, <laughs> we, we have to do... It's already. It's no. It's, it's we... time to find out. About oh yes, I know what you mean now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yes. Well, this week's um, mug winner. I've got a drum roll. Oh, I, I, I'm uh, not that oh, sophisticated here. You just have to tap something. Hang on. How's that? Is Necron underscore ninety nine? Woohoo! Right. Congratulations. Necron Yay. underscore ninety nine. Send an email to I took part at hutnorbital.com with your details and we'll get your mug to you. We are so professional. Yes. <laughs> I tell you what, there's no and expense if spared. If you'd like to pay, <clears throat> would like to win one, you just have to deliver at least 10 mugs and 10 gin during any week and you're going to a draw. And if your name is pulled out, you win the mug. Woo. Excellent. Yeah. Right then. So. Are we going to have this video then? Not yet. Oh, well, well, there's later. two versions, you know. Oh, I know there's two versions. I've seen the other one. And they said, one, no, I mean, there's the karaoke one and there's the other one with Bruce. And mm-hmm. I thought we were going to play that one and then do the karaoke one at the end. At least that's oh, what I suggested at the top of the script. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. When, when, are you, when are you thinking of putting it in then, uh, Mr. Tech Monkey? Well, I can put I can put them in whenever you like. So, um, let's do it. Then. Why? What? We're going to do it now. D- We're going to do, do it the, now. This is the normal one. Well, I mean, with you know the the, the different scene in it, and then the, the uh, karaoke one at the end. And we can all join in at the end. Okie dokie. So huh? here we go. This okay. is um, this is a nice little. Christmassy tune that's very on topic with what's going on in the universe at the moment. This Christmas they're gonna kill all of us. It's Christmas time. There's a need to be afraid. And at Christmas time, they might conquer soul and invest lay. Tentacles around our world tonight. Double the say a prayer, a prayer to the God God. At Christmas time, planning death when you're having fun. 
everybody is. That's kind of cool. I yeah. It's <laughs> a little bit I enjoyed it. <laughs> There's Commander Bear. You see me flying pan? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see your flying pan. <laughs> so your uh, frying pan or your flying pan? There's Flossie! Oh. Bless. <laughs> uh, oh dear, he looks like he's in the back of the Thargoids. And there you are, Jack Little with a Y. That's so cool. And it's like... That was extraordinary. For some of these, because I know some of them and I don't know others. I thought that was rather wonderful. Yes. It was rather wonderful. That was, that was good. That oh, was a lovely oh, thing. Oh, you're money. <laughs> <laughs> you're fogging cash. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um... was the Dockers version, wasn't it? <laughs> It was. I was, uh, I had two versions. Yeah. I think they're both karaoke versions. Yeah, I think you've got the same version of both. But there, are, yeah, there is one where, uh, but it was a, it was a Dockers one as well. They've done a Dockers one too. So, <laughs> yeah, have a wee hunt about the the internet for that because it's definitely out there. <laughs> Dockers one. <laughs> oh crikey! <laughs> I don't yeah. know. There was a Dockers one. Uh, yeah, it's just a kind of introduction to it and things like that. They've done a wee kind of skit run about it. A bit rude. That. It's a bit <laughs> not safe for work. Let's let's put it that way. Um, Willie, Willie Stroker and Fanny Longburn are in it. <laughs> outrageous. Absolutely yes. Outrageous. Nothing, nothing more to say in that part. Oh, um, moving swiftly on. Yeah. Well, yes. I've, I've got one thing. 
Oh, what's that then? Um, what is an anteater keeping its aquarium? Oh, uh, I don't know. What does an anteater keep in its aquarium? An aardshark. <sighs> okay, let's just say aardvark. Aardvark! Aardvark! And with that, here's Flossie with this week's CG News. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. Hello, it's Flossie here with this week's Community Ghost News. Although there were no CGs last Thursday, one did start on Tuesday, catching me very much on the hop. Anyway, it was <laughs> Enhanced Axe Project Axe Multicannon Turreted. Two leading engineers have revealed designs to improve the stock anti-xeno weaponry available to pilots. Liz Ryder and Zachariah Nemo have provided module modifications for many years, specialising in explosive and kinetic weapons, respectively. Over the past year, they have collaborated privately on the axe weapon designs introduced by Aegis in 3303, seeking to improve the efficiency of delivering a compound hazardous to Thargoid vessels, which tips axe ammunition. Ryder explains to the Imperial Herald. Zach and I share a passion for weapon upgrades and have often used this project as a way to unwind after a long week's work. But when the Talaris signal arrived and the Thargoid forces started taking control of systems, we knew we had to reveal the designs to the public. We're going to need help from independent pilots to finish off the prototypes and get a manufacturing base set up. This campaign was for turret mount enhanced axe multi cannons to be made available in both medium and large sizes. Ashling's Angels had agreed to process deliveries, with Liz Ryder vouching for the faction's commitment to the anti Xeno project, despite concerns over their reputation. The campaign began on the 6th of December and was to run for eight weeks. And if the final target was met earlier than planned, it would end immediately. And the turret mount enhanced axe multi cannon would be made available at all rescue megaships by the following th- the following Thursday. Our trans catalyzers, copper, gallium polymers, and synthetic reagents were delivered to tight gen ring in the Murato system by active participants. Despite the description giving an end date of eight weeks, this was completed last night in just under just under 31 hours, with 13,493 units collected. Today, another CG started. This time, enhanced axe project, axe missile rack, missile rack turreted. Today's CG is similar, but for a turret mount enhanced axe missile rack to be made available in both medium and large sizes. 
Your buyer, Blue Mafia, has agreed to process deliveries with Liz Ryder voting for the faction's commitment to the anti-Xena project, despite concerns over their reputation. The project will run for eight weeks, and if the final target is a month is better earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately, and the turret mount enhanced axe missile rack will be made available at all rescue ships shortly afterwards. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering advanced catalyzers, copper, gallium, polymers, and synthetic reagents to Oya Flurble in the Eurobuyer system. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Oh, Aurea Flurble, I love it. Anyway, now we go over to the two giant maelstroms of news, pulling all the news into their core tonight, our commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon with the Galnet News Digest. Galnet News Update. 8th of December 3308. The Liz Ryder Zachariah Nemo improved AX multi-cannon has been greenlit in record time, and just in time for the arrival of the 4th and 5th Stargoids. And they're getting straight on with the further initiative to develop another improved anti-Xeno weapon. A truly concerted effort by more than 3,500 pilots completed what was supposed to be an eight-week marathon hauling effort to deliver a manufacturing facility for a new AX multi-cannon in little more than a single day. With the Thargoids apparently gaining the upper hand in many of the attacked systems, the need for better weaponry is being felt keenly. The two engineers promised to make the multi-cannon available at all rescue megaships by the following Thursday. But they didn't make it clear whether that meant the Thursday following completion, which is the 8th of December, or the Thursday of the week following completion, which would be 15th of December. It's hard to pin these engineers down to a clear commitment. Following the success of the AX multi-cannon, Ryder and Nemo have launched a second campaign, this time based at Liz Ryder's favourite station, Awaira Flurable, in Eurybia. The requirements and quantities are the same as for the multi-cannon when it's successful, and there can be no doubt that it will be successful. An improved, turreted AX missile rack will be sold at all rescue megaships. The two new Thargoid maelstroms, Kohiko and Oya, arrived in the Col 285 sector BA-P, C6-18 and Cephe sector BV-YB4 systems, respectively, on the 8th of December, with the remaining three likely to arrive next week. The maelstroms appear to be forming a semicircle around the southern edge of the inhabited bubble. More systems have been invaded, more systems are under attack and more stations are being blockaded by Thargoids. More systems are also under Thargoid alert, with Thargoid sensors and probes being used to scout out the prospects for an attack. There's some additional clarity on how the war against Thargoids will be tracked. Systems the Thargoids are interested in will take several weeks to progress from a state of Thargoid alert to Thargoid invasion or from Thargoid invasion to Thargoid control. Each week, humanity has a chance to fight Thargoids, to bring in emergency supplies, and to evacuate refugees. 
If the purple progress bar is filled in by the end of the week, then humanity is won, and the Thargoids will be ejected from the system. And the system will enter a period of post-Thargoid recovery, with stations being repaired and brought back online. If that bar has not been filled, it gets reset, and humanity has another chance to defeat the Thargoids. But if, after several weeks, the time to infestation counter expires before humanity has filled the progress bar, the Thargoids will have completed their invasion, and humanity will be expelled, leaving dead, gooey green stations, and the Thargoids firmly in control. The progress bars are not easy to fill. It will require a concerted and coordinated effort by humanity to target and recover perhaps just one system per week. It will be a long and slow war of attrition, but if the Thargoids are not pushed back, they will advance. And in a couple of years, we'll be looking at a completely green bubble. Professor Albert Ezro believes there's some room for hope. With the arrival of the two new Stargoids, she believes that the Thargoid presence will be spread more thinly, along a much longer front line, significantly improving humanity's chances of defending and even recapturing systems. Tesro believes that it's imperative that we find out more about the Maelstroms, and it seems likely that she'll be arranging some sort of research programme in the coming weeks. Former Azimuth Biochemicals test subject Xiao Jin Ai, who has a partial neural connection to the Thargoid hive mind, believes that the Thargoids have a definite goal. Their advance into the human bubble has a specific aim and is not as random as it might at first seem. The people who some blame for starting this war, Azimuth Biotech, claim to have commissioned their new anti-Xeno megaship Eternal Vigilance in Azimuth's home system, Titori. It appears to have some sort of advanced cloaking device fitted, because it's currently nowhere to be seen in the Titori system. Titori is light years away from the Thargoid conflict. Given the damage done by Azimuth in the past, it's perhaps for the best that they keep their invisible megaship well out of the way. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Weatherspoon. And now, over to another Maelstrom. Well, they do sit around the studio emitting clouds of foul-smelling green gas. It's Amelia Harkness with this week's Hutton Helper results. better out than in. Anyway, welcome to the Hutton Helper results. The Hutton Helper results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a damp flannel, in case things get a bit toasty in the attack stations. This week we have the following events. The Runaway Runaway Cup, the Full to the Gunnels with Escape Pods Tetris Tournament, the Why Do You Want Onion Head? Are You Trying to Get the Thargoids Stoned? Deja Vu Trophy, the Emissions Violation Charity Shield, the It Slime Me and Now It Burns as Precious Spectacular, and the Share an Escape Pod and Half the Fair Award. So, get your loins, 
Don't breathe in the methane and double points if you get to the centre of any maelstrom. The Hutton Helper results are Zulu Romeo jumped 30,000 light years to come first in distance travelled. Jack Planet sold 32,000 tonnes of cargo. Mind Whippay sold his top mission runner with 475 mission points. Alex Zuno handed in 888 million, 888,000. 888 credits worth of bounties. Epaphis handed in 1,459,000,000 credits of combat bonds and Pavel, P4WEL, delivered 4,771 people from what I suspect were attack stations. So, decals for Jack Planet, Epaphis, Pavel, P4WEL, Coma Skid, for exploration data cashed in and Gemma Stormbringer for Thargoids Killed. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and to reach the Galette Your Hutton Decal Kit, which this week consists of a fire extinguisher, some new hull plates, and a particularly artistic fucker. There have been two Hutton runs in the last seven days. Retired Navy IT1 made a run in 1 hour 24 minutes and 24 seconds. And Raging Cajun got there in 1 hour, 24 minutes and 55 seconds. There is a whole, this is deja vu, there is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing evacuated, unfriended, ejected, appointed, manhandled or womanhandled, smeared, deflected, irrigated, emphasised, sniffed, snuffled, postponed, hidden from, flipped, mistranslated to and from Spanish, chilled, mugged, gin, ship, shot, rescued, having their immersion ruined, battered and deep fried, repaired, destroyed, bought, sold, squeezed, inflated, bumped, frozen, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated, headbutted, rubbed, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, murderized with an S, interrobanged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, reallowed after consulting VAR, smelted, loved, adored, cherished and probinated. And you can earn yourself a very fetching hut and decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three exciting formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than falling out of someone's cargo hold and seeing Thark the Mighty coming after you with a big bottle of green ketchup. Anyway, that's it for this week. For the, uh, anyway, that's it for me for this week. Back to Studio 5. Mayor. Yeah, don't put a cock in that. If it's suddenly ejected from there, it could fly across the room and have someone's eye out. I think we'd best go over to Amelia Hawk with the Gannet Race Digest. Safety classes on, everyone. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawk reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. Where do hanky clones go when they reach retirement, do you think? I mean, does he have them pulped and fed to the other clones? Does he send them to work in the uranium mines out in Colonia until they fall apart? No, no, no. 
Emperor Hanky, great elephant of all the colonias, wouldn't do nasty things like that. I mean, there are laws to stop him. I mean, he checked. The answer is that his clones go to live on a farm. Um, sort of. After a life of service, he sends them to live in Rapabau, on the intriguingly named planet C2. The low gravity is good for their joints, and they also dedicate themselves to another favourite occupation of all hankies. Snakes. Master herpetologist, original hanky, brought them to Rapabau many years ago, and they flourished in the warm, humid atmosphere of C2 and they produce one of the bubble's most versatile rare commodities, Rapabau snake skins. These intricately patterned and, and gorgeously coloured skins are tanned by master herpetologists to produce a leather which can be used for bags, jackets, boots, hat bands, ship seating, and, and even the occasional guitar strap. For the non-specialist, I should explain that snakes shed their skins at various stages in their lives, so there's no cruelty involved. These snakes are free-range and live out their lives on an, on an expensive reserve, which the clones manage and keep stocked with prey animals. But here's the thing. Like most snakes, they can be dangerous, and most sought-after skins are also the larger skins, and the larger skins are shed by the larger snakes, which have grown, well, out of them. It's also worth noting that the gravity on C2 is only 0.47 Gs, which means the snakes can grow big, like <laughs> really big. So big, in fact, that they can easily gulp down a fully grown human and still have room for a meerkat or two. So, in order to retrieve the skins, workers have to venture out into a vast game reserve in, in half gravity, looking for where the giant snakes live so that you can steal their discarded skins and get away before they realise you're there and decide you'd make a nice ready meal for one. The clones don't get involved with the retrieval. They're a bit elderly, as I said, and, and they know better. They hire in young fit persons with a taste for danger and pay them based on the quality, size and number of skins recovered. I have travelled to the surface with a group of new recruits eager to make their fortune. On the shuttle ride down they chat excitedly and there are obviously nerves in there, although everyone tried to cover this up with bravado. The pilots are a different story. They are two elderly clones who don't seem phased by the excitement in the back and are even less interested in getting to know the new recruits. They didn't even acknowledge the greetings from the recruits. The veteran Skinners call the new recruits Bennies. It's a reference to some ancient Earth comedian who could run fast or something. There's no attempt to learn any of their names, they're just all called Benny. We land at a known spot which gets used for the recruits' first outing. It's a small elevated area of ground with a, a flat area on the top known as Benny Hill. Our orientation briefing goes along the lines of this. One, watch your backs. Two, don't get cornered. Three, if you're chased, don't climb a tree. Snakes can climb trees too. Four, discretion is the better part of valor. 
And five, no one will think you're a bad person if you leave your partner behind to get eaten. The excitement and bravado dies a quiet, sober death right there. Everyone is suddenly very serious. Our teachers will also be my guides for the visit as we gear up. One of them, Bjorn, is quite chatty, but the other guy keeps to himself. It's hot here and very humid too. My guides advise traveling light with only essential items such as water, salt tablets, anti-venoms and first aid kit each. I stick with my standard survival kit. If things do kick off, then I doubt I'll be able to outrun these two rye bastards anyway, so I may as well go equipped for everything. We move away from the landing spot and my guides get their bearings quite quickly. They have a few favourite spots and have been tracking mature snakes in the area for some time. The bennies are a bit more cautious and stay within visual range of one another. I feel a bit sorry for them now. Our group enters some woodland, although it feels more like jungle with the heat and the high humidity. After some time, we find an old dead tree, which has fallen over. Our Benny moves off to investigate while Bjorn tells me that this is a likely shedding spot. The rough bark from the tree helps the snakes with shedding and there's plenty of foliage around for them to hide in while they're vulnerable. We get a hand signal from Benny over there by the tree and move forward. He has a big grin on his face and points to a spot in the bushes. I look more closely and I see the skin itself. It's a fresh one, according to Bjorn. And it's the biggest snake I've ever seen. The guys reckon it's from an anaconda and if I had to guess, I'd say it was around 10 meters by two. Bjorn tells me to keep watch as they start to roll the skin up. I agree, but I, I do wonder if that's necessary. I mean, if, if it's that big, it, it's not likely to be able to sneak up on us, is it? You would notice something 10 meters long by two meters broad coming at you. I look at their suddenly pale and very serious faces. It's, it's behind me, isn't it? Bjorn nods almost imperceptibly and they, they both slowly stand up. I can't help it. I, I have to look. And it's looking straight back at me. The front or underside is pale colored, the head long and flat with eyes near the front. It looks a lot like the front of an anaconda ship, actually. The moment of stillness is broken by a branch hitting the snake on the side of the face. Benny shouts, run, and my instincts kick in. Before I even realize what's happening, I'm running full pelt back to the landing spot with Benny and Bjorn right behind me. And I thought I'd have trouble keeping up. It would seem that my time with Galnet Rares, coupled with the, the cold dread of being eaten alive, have given me quite the turn of speed. Eventually, the chase is over. Bjorn thinks we may have strayed onto the territory of another snake, so we're on our guard as we head back to the shuttle. We encounter one of the pairs of bennies from earlier, and the scene is like something from a horror movie. The young woman with a mohawk hairdo and tribal tattoos is covered from head to toe in blood. She sits next to her companion, a large reticulated python, both of whom are very, very dead. Her co-benny has been constricted and consumed by the python, but it seems that the woman, um, I, I believe her name is Benny, was able to kill the python with a knife and free her companion. 
It came out of the long grass, she said. Before I knew what was happening, it had curled around Annie and was eating her head first. I managed to kill it and cut her out, but she was already dead. Am I in trouble for killing a snake, she asks. Benny speaks for the first time, saying, I think we can let it slide this time. That looks like a good skin. Let's get it off the snake and back to the station. You'll do fine, kid. What's your name? Bjorn and I look at each other, shocked, although I have to admit she's she's earned her acceptance. I'm Agnetha, she replies. And with that, we set to work skinning the snake. I'm not on lookout this time, thankfully. My name is Amelia, and along with Benny, Bjorn and Agnetha, I almost got swallowed by a boa constrictor this afternoon. So you don't have to. A nice day out, was it? I have to admit, I just don't know what to do when I see a huge boa coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> it confuses me. Best you don't go to see any drag shows, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We all thought it. Mia said it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the giant snakes trying to eat you alive and, uh, and you know, people covered in blood and things like that. A positive experience, would you say? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, Benny was great, you know. Oh, yeah, and then, yeah. And then there was Benny. Yeah, know. but my favourite, you know what a favourite's going to be? Probably Benny, right? Benny, yeah, that was Benny. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I can see that. Benny was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Were you, were you all, did you all get picked up from Benny Hill? Yep, we did. Oh, fantastic. Took off a Bren- Benny Hill. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And you did you get a new pair of shoes or a a bag or a jacket or anything out of it? No, I got I got bugger all. Oh no! Where did they drop it? Yeah. Oh no! They they kept it. Bastards! I know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's ten meters long at least by about two meters wide. Can I give you a bit? Well, I mean, I was just there reporting. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Technically, it's their claim. Yeah, but they put you there as bait, didn't they? Well, there's, there's no proof of that, apparently. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'd be hard pushed to work out which clone actually set you up with these people as well, wouldn't you? They, uh, all, look, they all look like aged hankies. They all, they're, all, they're clones. They all look exactly yeah, like Yeah, all the aged hankies, you know. Uh, yeah. And then, obviously, there's Benny Beyond and Agnetha now. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yeah, yes. but I think there's like one more drop to go and there's like five minutes left on it. <laughs> Wait, let's so maybe, sign maybe off then. Sign off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just having a look at some of the Give chat. Everyone a, Give um, everyone the klaxon. Yeah. That's Come not on. a euphemism, by the No, no, no. You don't want a na- <laughs> nasty case of the klaxon. Um, Commander Volcaria said earlier that you're Barnsley Traffic Control, reminding them of Eddie Lee, Rom- Eddie Lee Wise and Sons. <laughs> <laughs> Plus oh. his daughters. <laughs> Aye. 
it's just a shame. It's very difficult. Oh no, we can't have the. We can only put certain background music on. I mean, I just I was desperate to put the uh, the Benny Hill Chase theme on during the uh, oh, Galnet Rares there, but yeah. no doubt yeah. we get some kind of copyright strike if we yeah, do that. Yeah, we're gonna get put off the air. I don't think I have a background music, do I? No, you don't. Which is uh, why I was going to improvise, but uh, no, no, we've got an intro and an outro, but you don't mm. have a. Oh, I so want some background oh, music well, that yeah, would give make... so much ambiance. So, some, oh, some, ambiance. Ambiance. Mm. Some European Gothic trance, maybe, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll speak to Commander Nocti. He'll or, or the, or, um, probably at the point to somewhere. roundabout theme yeah. That'd be good. Oh, just yeah. people screaming. <laughs> no, the magic roundabout, that would have to be for Flossie. Yes. That's why my name comes right. from. Thomas the Tank Exactly. Oh, yeah. Again, the Gothic rave version. Oh, yes. Yes. The cyber goths. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see them dancing to it. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it would have uh, to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have got, I have got the the other version of the um, uh, of the of the flee from soul video. Um, okay. Right. I don't know how it entire, entirely differs, but um, we okay, could we will could. We, will we do the thing first? Uh, we can you do know. the thing first. We can do 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 that thing, which I think that you're referring to. Yes, um, it, it it's absolutely a possibility, and uh, I'm more than happy to oblige. Okay. Well, I guess that's it then. Yeah, that's it. It for that thing. Yeah. We're gonna yeah. have a klaxon. I don't have a klaxon again. Does I don't. Have I, don't a I don't have that kind of budget. A wooga, a wooga, <laughs> keep your headphones off. A wooga, a wooga, carry on. For the mug! For the mug! For the mug. Christmas, they're gonna kill all of us. It's Christmas time. There's a need to be afraid. And at Christmas time. They might conquer soul and invest lay. All these words are plenty spread with slime instead of joy. They'll throw their tentacles around our world tonight. Shabba, must say a prayer. A prayer to the
Song. 
just needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Fall the bug, fall the bug. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Fall the bug, fall the bug. Now everybody sing the hot and trucker song. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very sorry, but that's the end of the show. Everyone's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? Seamless.